Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 81. First time, long time edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Fine. What's good, brother? Yeah, I'm doing great, Phil. Um, you know, it was an interesting weekend of racing, really. I mean, we had three first-time winners in NASCAR. The algorithm, which debuted last Wednesday, actually was right. We picked Tate Fogelman, or it picked Tate Fogelman, yep. and that was uh, incredible. I mean, I don't really like the way it, how it happened because he basically had to turn John Hunter Nemechek, but it was um, pretty entertaining to see it happen. I was like, you know, holy shit, this actually happened. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. But, you know, we got um, got to talk about that. I mean, we'll talk about all the F1 stuff this weekend, Turkey, you know, preview next week. But, you know, we face each other this week in fantasy and for the first yeah. time uh, this season, you know, um, I'm going to just tell you right now, Phil, uh, I'm going to savage you this week. I'm going to take each one of your pre-existing holes and fill it with my seed. And then I invite my dog to go shit inside of you like your rest stop bathroom. <laughs> that's um that's borrowing from Ruxin from the league. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had mean, to do it. I, I like that. I like the yeah. the league. And yeah, and, I mean, he what what the hell is his name? I'm forgetting his name. Nick Kroll. Yeah, yeah Nick Kroll. So uh, yeah, he has weird effing face. So whatever. I, I guess it. I don't know. I I really don't know what to say to that other than um. <laughs> We'll let the teams do the work and do the yeah. talking. And considering that your regular teams coach uh, spends more time uh, fornicating and other, and instead of coming back with his team to go and work when they're yeah, he wants four, to grab ass. He wants to go and grab ass and go back to the bar to be with his grandchildren. Is what yeah. he said. Um, I'll just leave that there. Um, yeah. My 49ers <laughs> aren't doing much better. Then Josh's Jacksonville Jaguars, our fantasy teams are doing pretty well. Uh, I've won the week twice, two weeks in a row. So for the poorest man in the league outside of Nikki, um, it's starting to actually look okay, but we need to keep on going. Minus um, Josh's uh, impression of Michael Rappaport basically just there. Um, We'll let that go um, because Josh is the brains of the operation, of course. Um, I'm just a talking head. Uh, how the hell do you recover from somebody saying he's going to come in your ass and then shit in it? Um, but anyway, uh, for inbreds that seem to do that with their sisters, brothers, and animals, uh, Bubba Wallace uh, won his first career Cup Series race, and it was an epic deal. It's an amazing thing, um, unless you're trash uh first win for him in the cup series first win for 2311 uh denny hamlin as a car owner uh you know booty barker as a cup crew chief you know after all these years being involved in the cup series uh in different facets being a crew chief being in a car chief being in he was part of the rainbow warriors you know, there's it goes all the way back for him. I always remember him being Scott Wimmer's crew chief back in the day at Bill Davis Racing and the Janney King Pontiac. And they should have won the championship in 02. They got screwed that year. But the fact of the matter is Booty Barker's a cup winning crew chief. Uh rain shortened. Uh, they had they for whatever reason, uh they of course started a race late because of TV. And that's their justification for starting the race. They were going to start the race at two o'clock on Monday. They moved it up to one o'clock, uh, which I think is like 12 in, in Alabama. 
because I think they're in the um, central time zone. I don't get how that whole, yeah, well, whatever. I mean, it make like Texas can be in it. It's a whole time. Yeah, we should just have like, it's like time zones, the daylight savings time. Some of that crap has to be taken care of. But either way, the time wasn't in the favor this weekend, especially on two of the three races. Uh, but when it came down to it at the end of the race, Bubba made moves. We'll get into it. We'll talk about the playoffs and who were a lot of people were affected in that race, including um, uh, the inbred Zord and savior, Kyle Larson, um, who got wrecked early in the race. And uh, even though, you know, I think it's more than likely we'll make it into the round eight. It's what happens when you have like 8 trillion playoff points. Um, there is a possibility that it could go really, really bad um, at the Roval. And uh, after having a career year, uh, he could be looking outside, looking in. It's happened before in this playoff format for guys who've had great regular seasons. So it's something we'll talk about because the Roval is usually a crazy one. Brandon Brown wins his first career Xfinity race uh, due to darkness. And... Uh, as much as there was a great deal and it's a cool thing for him, his organization, his dad, him and his dad, his mom and dad, all that. And the people that work for him, uh, I think is as much overshadowed by, you know, inbred dipshits uh, yelling in the stands, um, denigrating a certain person uh, that is considered the most important person in uh, the most powerful person in, in the world, in a sense, is the President of the United States. Uh, so that was not great. And it fits every stere- many stereotypes for NASCAR fans. So that in its own right is what it is. But then it's Talladega. That's basically what it is. It explains a lot. And then uh, the Tate Fogelman, uh, Josh Algorithm pick was, he. I mean, the point is Josh picked him. And we lost our crap. Uh, I couldn't believe it when Josh texted me that 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 happened. Then I saw the video of it um, because I was practicing. I had my bowling practice, but I couldn't believe. I thought he was lying, uh, but <laughs> because I'm like, how the fuck did Tate? I'm like, I figure, okay, fine. Tate Fulton won. Tell the truth. Won. <laughs> no, I know. No, I'm like, I'm like, okay, Tate Fulton won. So that means like half the field was wrecked or whatever. No, no, no. I mean, half the field was wrecked or three quarters of the field was wrecked. But he, he just drove through John Hunter Nemechek like he didn't exist. He did a tone. He basically did the Brad Keselowski on Carl Edwards because he John Hunter made that move, and he went and offered outside, and Tate Fogelman put it inside. And Well, it's like side. John Hunter Nemechek's first win or um, whatever it was when, when he beat Cole Custer back in 2016 at uh, uh, Coda, or not Coda, but Canadian Tire Motorsports yeah, Park. Yeah. Yeah, basically kind of like that. He just fenced him and got the win like that, and then he got tackled by Cole Custer afterwards. Well, yeah, this is very similar. Yeah, that was the best. That was the best part of that whole deal. I mean, it wasn't John Hunter's first win. It was one of his early oh, wins because yeah. it was yeah. still in with um, his dad's team. Yeah, but he made no effort whatsoever to make that corner. He literally drove um, Custer. Whatever I forget what the hell. I had a nickname for that guy, but whatever the hell his name, Cole Custer, into in into the grass, and they were driving through the grass. They crossed the line, not on the track. 
and uh, then uh, Cole Custer went and and ran him over like it was an angry angry runs or something, um, because John Hunter Nemechek I think weighs 125 pounds soaking wet. Uh, I mean, it's like when um, what is it? Gumby went and ran over. Uh, what's what's that guy's name? Oh, Kaz Grala. Uh, Kaz Grala there. Uh, I mean, the only person who's actually made a clean pass to win there, I think, was uh, Blaney on Herman Kuroga. Um, But, I mean, the guy who runs Talladega or, like, PR guy at Talladega Super Speedway basically celebrated the fact that Tate Fogelman demolished, like, the champion-elect to win that race. And I'm like, well, there you go. So Saturday was proof positive. It fit the stereotypes of NASCAR fans and NASCAR in general. And then on Monday, you gave the LCD, because literally the second person that called on the post-race show um, after Bubba was declared the winner, uh, rain shortened winner of the Yellowwood 500, was saying, oh, yeah, I'm in Atlanta, or I'm in a suburb, I'm in a suburb of Georgia, but they could have gotten that race restarted. That's lit- the guy was literally trying to argue with with um, Brad Gilly or whatever that they could have gotten that race restarted, and it was still raining uh, at Talladega, and it was four o'clock. Or it was like five four thirty in the afternoon here. It was three thirty there. It was probably going to take two hours for them to dry the track, and they would have had maybe an hour at best. They weren't going to finish the race. That's the whole point. It's like, it's bad enough NASCAR tried to start the race on Sunday when it was raining, pulling the same thing they did at New Hampshire this year. And then they just brought them back in and they never started the race. Uh, that was stupid. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, we've gotten into that. I think we've already started the review of everything in the, in the open, uh, gotten a little off track. Uh, probably because Josh brought the heat. So I'm not used to that level of anger. Um, so I've never heard that level of, of anger or, or um, it, it's, it's weird. It just, I never knew you had that in you, man. Uh, it's, it probably changed our friendship a little bit there, even though it's fantasy football. It did, but either way, uh, we'll also talk about MotoGP, where, of course, um, Mark Marquez won at his house at uh, Coda. Uh, most of the riders complained and bitched and moaned about how rough it was. So I bet you that'll be the same thing they'll say when Formula One comes here in a few weeks' time. Uh, but at least they had a U.S. Grand Prix again. Uh, Moto2 is here with the uh, Americans, Joe Roberts and Cameron Bobier. We'll get into that. Garrett Gerloff had a good run at the Algarve in Portugal, um, but was frustrated. It's okay, though. He's actually on his bike. Um, he's had a rough run of things here recently. DTM, Arjun Maini, actually scored some points. The Indian driver, the Indian driver who's from who's an American citizen, Still doesn't have any points. Uh, Sophia Flourish and uh, the other, uh, I forget the other girl's name. Uh, both of them suck. Uh, most of the people that I, I would care about in DTM suck. Uh, 
Liam Lawson runs for Red Bull Ferrari. Uh, is leading points. Had a good run last week. They're going to be running this week at the Norris Ring. At the Norris Ring. I can't do Milt Fitzwater. I wish I could talk like him. It would make this podcast a little bit more interesting if I could talk like Milt Fitzwater. Um, we'll preview the Turkish Grand Prix. Uh, Lewis versus Max. The battle between McLaren and Ferrari. And then everything else. Uh, the colder conditions as they had as like last year. I think with a year's prep, maybe it'll be a better race. Hopefully there isn't as much of an issue with rain um, to provide better action. It's a decent track um, for Formula One, even though people never really went there. Um, it seems like they're going back there now, so maybe they may still be. They might come back next year, um, and hopefully they have a better slot. We'll talk about IMSA GT at VIR as well. I forgot about that. They'll be running this weekend. Uh, Cup and Xfinity Roval play Cup uh, elimination race to the round of eight. So who's going to stay? Who's going to go? Xfinity going to be running there as well. We'll get in all that. Fan recap. Not so good for either of us in regards to what happened last week. Um, as I mentioned, um, Urban Meyer's already one foot out the door to USC. Um, I kind of hope that like CM Punk would just clothesline him on on the sideline. That would be good. Or get Brian, Daniel Bryan. Well, now he's Brian Danielson, his actual name. Get Brian Danielson and CM Punk to just like do a, a run in and like put him through a table or something. Like do a fire spot or some crap like that. And then have like John Moxley like go and hang him off one of the field goal posts, that would probably be a good way for, for Urban Meyer to be sent out of Jacksonville. Um, and then exorcise that demon. And then I don't know who the hell else you have left. Fire Trent Balky while you're at it too and save yourself the trouble and then just start over again. I think you'd be better off having CM Punk as your head coach and Brian Danielson as your GM than who you have as your head coach and GM. But we'll get into all that later. Um, the Niners probably need wrestlers as their coach and GM um, and at multiple positions because they should have won that fucking football game. Um, fantasy football is a lot better, at least for two of my three. Well, now I only have two teams because I got rid of the third team because I got fed up um, because I hated that league. And Vic is desperate to play fantasy football because he got married um, and he has no life. So he wanted to play more fantasy football. So God bless him. He wants to take over a team that's 0-4 and dead last. He can do it. And if he wins the money, good for him. Josh will do his sim segment, show close. And yeah. So Bubba Wallace wins the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. His first career Cup Series victory. First win for an African-American driver. Since Wendell Scott, 1963, it's an amazing moment uh, for the sport in many ways. Uh, 2311 gets their first win, so they're the second team to get their first win in uh, the sport. Uh, of course, the uh, colleague did at Indianapolis in the road course there with AJ when um, Chase Briscoe. Uh, lost his mind on the last lap 
which would have been his back doorway into the playoff, um, went to hell. And uh, so it's a big moment for Michael Jordan, who's not known for owning things that are successful. Um, and Denny Hamlin, who for all the drugs he's done and fornicating and taking fingers up his butt, um, together they have um, put together this organization and they've given Bubba Wallace a crew chief now that actually listens to him and cares about what he wants in a race car. And um, Booty Barker's one of the most underrated people in the sport. I've always fe- I've felt that way for a long time. And I've felt he's been underemployed in a lot of ways. Now I think he's in the right spot. And I think he's with the right driver. Because, because at the end of the day, Bubba Wallace is hungry. And he wants to win. And he wants to stick it to so many haters. And so many people that don't that really just hate him because he's black um, and and just hate him for whatever. You know, you want to compare him to other guys, oh, you don't deserve a ride. Well, let's look at Michael and Neff. The guy has only got a ride because his dad, his grandfather runs pilot, whatever, travel centers or whatever. His dad ran TMC transportation. They ran for all these years, and he couldn't drive a hot nail through snow, and he won one fucking Xfinity race. Now, all of a sudden, when Josh Berry jumped in his car and won once and should have won twice, and and Chase Elliott got called like two hours before the race, jumped in his car and finished in the top five. Oh, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I need to retire. He pulled a Brian Scott is what it is. Um, He finally caught a clue that he was the problem. Um, And if the, the, the thing he could do, unlike Brian Scott, is actually go and sponsor a car at junior motorsports a la South Point Casino sponsoring a Daniel Hemrick a few years ago, you know, because uncle Brenny understands the, how the sport can work and how the sport can help promote people. If you sponsor the right kind of people, it's the same kind of thing here. Um, if they sponsor Josh Berry in the eight car, they'd get a lot more ROI than they'd get with Michael Annette running 12th in the Xfinity race, 12th to 15th every single week, which is what he was doing for most of his career or worse um, because he sucked. Um, it's They compare him to that, Bubba Wallace. But Bubba Wallace, when he's given a car that could run well, has run well. Um, people don't like his attitude. The reason people don't like his attitude is because he's outspoken. Of course he's outspoken. If you went through what he went through, I'm sure you wouldn't be happy about it either. People say he's the one who who got rid of the 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 what do you call the the Confederate flag? No, NASCAR wanted to get rid of the Confederate flag, and they needed a scapegoat because the people that run NASCAR are pussies, um, and they just used the token African American driver to go and stick it on him. So then the inbreds would get mad at him instead of them getting mad at the sport which at the end of the day, they're mad at the sport and they're mad at him. So in the end, it doesn't really matter. For the shit he's gone through and for the amount of crap he takes and for as much, you know, for him, for Amanda, his fiance, for his mom, his sister, Freddie, his boy, his spotter, for Booty Barker, Hamlin, Jordan, all these people, but especially for Bubba. Um, This is huge. Um, This is going to transcend... NASCAR racing, 
Um, I'm hoping that he will be able to win at a Martinsville one day or at a track that is not a Talladega or Daytona, which I do feel can happen. Um, and I feel like it's more likely it'll happen now with the new car and getting Kurt Busch as a uh, teammate because Kurt Busch really has become this new guy. And now he wants to be this, like he's been working with Ross Chastain this year in a way he worked with Larson. Now he's going to get to work with Bubba. And I think his, he feels like this is part of his legacy because he's going to TV. So he knows that next thing he's going to do is TV. But before that, he wants to be able to say, Hey, I was a guy who helped nurture talent in this sport at the end of my career um, while winning here and there. Like that's literally what Kurt Busch wants to be able to do. Um, but you could see the receiving line that, that Bubba Wallace had there uh, at the end of that race, you know, before, I mean, dirt on the pit road, whether it was Chase Briscoe, um, whether it was Kurt, Blaney, there was other guys, uh, Denny, of course, you know, there's so many people are coming. He kept on saying, no, it ain't over. No, it ain't over. And I get it, but man, I mean, they would have called that race. I mean, I, I was joking with, I was like, you know, if that was Clyde, they would have called that race right then and there. But um, because it was Bubba and they don't want the heat, they just made it go longer and longer. And they were they started bringing out the Titans. Um, they weren't able to get it dried, and then it started raining again. But I've went a while, Josh. I I could go for a long time because I've I'm a Bubba guy for a long time. I'm not so sure if you've been in it the same way with like K and N days with Bubba. If you've been a fan, not whatever, but for us as we're both in a way, we're minority fans in a sense. I know I definitely am, uh, but the fact is we're, we're not the, we're definitely no majority and the way the things are and the way they, they promote the sport and the people that seem to come to it, definitely not the majority in that. Cause we actually can think for ourselves and we're intelligent. Um, so Bubba Wallace winning is a big fucking deal, no matter how it came and where it came and all the other things that went with it. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, talk about like the since first driver since 1963 to win a, a cup race in NASCAR, the highest level series of soccer racing. I mean, it's even, you know, you think about the history of the sport. Well, the so-called modern era began in 1972 when Winston cup, RJ Reynolds uh, started sponsoring this uh, the series and they, you know, they cut the schedule from however many races from like, you know, 40 or whatever it was 60 to uh, 28. And then now it's gone back up to 36, but yeah, that's been where we marked modern era of the sport when, you know, they got rid of all the dirt tracks and all the small short tracks and made it mostly super speedways and some short tracks and all that stuff. But I mean, we've gone all that time without, uh, you know, African-American driver winning a race. So uh, it's been you know a very long time, and of course now Bubba wins, and I mean it came under the rain, which it's um sometimes drivers have to win under the rain uh, to get a win, and you know we've seen plenty of drivers like Dale Earnhardt, who I mean well it wasn't the rain, but you know he won the Daytona 500 coming to the caution. I mean granted he had the best car that day, but uh, it still won coming to the caution, finished under the caution. Um, talk about Michael Waltrip won the Daytona 500 uh, in the rain. Uh, that day in 2003. 
I mean, even like Michael McDowell basically wrecked his way to win uh, the Daytona 500. So drivers, whether they're good or bad, I mean, Dale Jr. won his last career race uh, in the rain at Phoenix in 2015. So, you know, whether you're a good driver or a bad driver, I mean, they're uh, sometimes the wins don't come as conventional as being able to win under green or being able to be up there, but at least, you know, for Bubba, at least he was able to race his way up there and get to the lead and then hold it, uh, the last couple of laps before, uh, they crashed. And then the rains come because you saw he put a block on Keselowski, put a block on Logano. Um, I, he had help from Kurt Busch, of course. I mean, I'm sure the future teammate dynamic may have played a role in that, um, being able to draft up to the lead, but at least, you know, he was able to race his way up there and, and um, keep the position uh, before the caution came out, before the rain came out, and then eventually ending the race. Uh, so at least he was able to do that. And um, you talk about like winning uh, somewhere else besides Daytona or Talladega. I mean, yeah, I've, hopefully you know he's able to win at other places. Um, you know, you can win at a short track. Um, could win at a, a mile and a half or even a road course if things go right. And you know that just like any driver, but think uh, for the whole team now, now that they have a win, cause you know, people were, um, you know, Michael, Michael Jordan had that uh, prediction that he'd win a couple of races back at the Daytona 500. It's gone all this time. And you know, it's a little bit of, you know, or a lot of pressure because, you know, you know, you got to win and, you know, there's a lot of eyes on your high profile driver now because um, your situation, because Michael Jordan's um, owning your car, sponsoring your car. So a lot of, a lot of those uh, factor in and they finally able to win. So it gives the team, gives Bubba a big confidence boost, you know, that they can go to the next track, go to the next race and be able to have uh, some kind of success. And of course, going into next year, yeah, they're going to have the the new car. Going to have Kurt Busch to lean on as a teammate and get that experience. Um, and you know, I think that will definitely help him get uh, whatever Kurt can imprint, impress on him. Uh, I think I'll help him. So uh, it's a it's a good thing uh, when you consider all those factors. And then you talk about the uh, minority aspect. I mean, I mean, I, I, I personally, I don't really consider myself. Uh, I mean, I'm Filipino, I'm half half Filipino, half white, but I don't know. I've always just considered myself myself and I've never really thought about too much of the minority aspects. Yeah. So I can't really um, go too much into that, but I mean, I, I know it's, I mean, I know it's special to, to win um, like that, to, you know, have the, the um, basically in the first modern era of NASCAR uh, racing, be able to be the first American or African-American driver to do that. But um so that that's uh that's good i mean i mean for me it actually meant more personal for me when uh kyle larson was able to get his first couple of wins in the series because I mean, he's japanese american so that was a little bit i i guess identify a little bit more with the asian stuff you know yeah more than that but um um still i mean i you know understand what it means uh you know i talked i was texting with one of my friends and i mean i don't know if he really watches nascar but i mean i told him Golden Bubba Wallace won, and I, you know, I know he was happy about it. Um, uh, there's a, another show that I listened to. Um, this guy Eric Dunn, who's a, a pretty big influencer on uh, Twitter and Instagram. He was pretty big Vine star, um, but you know, I know he was pretty happy about it. And he had a video on there, um, and I mean, their their show had a thing where they was like, "Can Bubba Wallace get a top 10? And I mean, it was kind of a kind of a, a joke segment, but I mean, I I think um, you know now he's able to win. I mean. Um, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty happy about that. And I mean, he's, you know, texting, um, brother and he was, uh, pretty happy about that too. So, um, you know, don't, you don't have to, uh, be black. You don't have to, uh, 
white to be able to, or Asian, whatever, to be able to understand the significance of uh, the importance of it and just, you know, be able to enjoy it. And, you know, I was, I was pretty happy for Bubba. I mean, he's been, been through a lot, like you said. And um, I mean, even the stuff that he went through last year um, with uh, the news and all that stuff, um, which I, I think NASCAR should have done a better job of thoroughly vetting that before it was released to the press and everything. Cause I, I think they kind of botched that one too. And um, kind of, and, I mean, it's not his fault, but, you know, they kind of um, put a, I don't know, you know, it was kind of a, you know, PR thing that kind of ended up going against him because of the way it went down and all that stuff. But um, even before all of that, you know, going back to 2019, he was talking about, he was depressed and he just went out and said it and he was yeah. depressed and everything and saw how emotional he was when uh, he just winning uh, an all-star race uh, stage uh, going, you know, from, uh, the all-star advance from the yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. And then to get into that. So, and saw how hard he was able to race there. Um, and then now being able to win, um, that's, uh, that's a good, good thing for him because it's a, a huge, uh, confidence boost, a huge mental boost. So a lot of stuff just, uh, for Bubba Wallace to win and, um, you know, hopefully people, more people pay attention to the sport, I guess. I mean, they're able to sustain it and, and move on. You know, I know, because it was a rain delayed race and it was on Monday. It's probably not on as many eyeballs as, as much as uh, it could have been if it were on the scheduled day and uh, being on NBC and all that stuff and versus NBCSN. And, you know, once the race is delayed, there's a little, becomes a little bit of an afterthought, but, you know, still it's a pretty significant victory uh, for him and uh, for the sport. Yeah. It's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I was lucky I was able to get home and from work and watch whatever the rest of the race. And he had made a move there late that I thought was the, oh yeah, Bubba went and effed it up the same way as he kind of messed up in the um, duels, um, gave away the duel into bald spot. Um, he did it earlier in the year, uh, both in the 500 at Talladega as well. Uh, made some moves that were not great, and it reminded me of Tony and how he'd always make fucked up moves at uh, super speedways. I would cost some positions. I'm like, okay, that's not a good thing. I think that's the one that's going to cost him. And then Kurt and other thing, whatever he they were, he had so much momentum. The tandem was working. It wasn't the tandem of old, but the tandem did work, and he used uh, his future teammate. Uh, amongst others, um, they had a fast race car. Got himself out front when it mattered. And uh, the likes of Brad Keselowski, who's won a Talladega bunch. Uh, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Kurt Bush, and Christopher Bell. So three playoff drivers in the top five. Busher, who was Josh's algorithm pick, part two, um, with uh, this new a stage win. Had a stage win, uh, good good uh, day for him in general. Uh, Going to be uh, Brad Keselowski's teammate at uh, RFK Racing next year. Um, Denny Hamlin started on pole, got a couple stage points. Um, Dan, uh, Kevin Harvick, Eric Jones in the 43 car, and Anthony Alfredo gets a top 10 finish in the uh, 38 car. And you had the likes of Chase Briscoe, first race as a dad. Congrats to him and Marissa. 
on uh, Brooks, on the birth of Brooks. Uh, he had a destroyed race car, came all the way back to finish 14th uh, behind uh, Cole Custer. I'm trying to remember what the nickname was I had for him. Ac- Accutane. No, that was, um, what's his um, what's his name? Adam's nickname for him was Accutane Ace. Yeah. Because um, he had fucked up <laughs> acne or some shit. I don't know. Um, Truex, Blaney, Elliot all finished um, in the... 12th, 15th, and 18th, Justin Haley driving the 16 car, Lee Filter. Uh, of course, he'll be driving full-time next year in a Cup Series uh, for college racing from tailback, finished 20th, former winner at Daytona, of course, in the Cup Series, and multiple winner at Talladega in the Xfinity Series. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Landon Castle making a rare appearance in the Cup Series, driving the 96th. Finished 24th. Kyle Busch finished 27th. William Byron, 36th, got wrecked. Uh, mentioned Larson had an accident. Uh, finished 37th. And Alex Bowman, 38th amongst the playoff drivers. Uh, in regards to the points, of course, Hamlin's into the round of eight. Kyle Larson has a 22 point lead over the cutoff. And uh, 21 point lead, or in third is Joey Logano, fourth, Brad Keselowski, fifth, Martin Truex, sixth, Ryan Blaney, seventh, Chase Elliott, eighth, Kyle Busch. Uh, the Jayski standings don't look like they're lined up, whatever. But the fact is, Elliott and um, Kyle Kryle are nine points out of Kevin Harvick. And then, so basically, those three guys are racing for two spots. And then after that, everybody else, which is Christopher Bell, William Byron, Alex Bowman, need a win. Um, So, I mean, in regards to the playoff drivers, the Penske guys gave themselves a chance. Logano was up there. Brad Ruse not making a move on Bubba late. Uh, Outside of that, Christopher Bell was up there. He was leading for a minute, for a moment there, but he needed to win that. Uh, Outside of that, a lot of the playoff guys had some issues. They weren't up there. Maybe they would have been up there if it was a full race, but in the grand scheme of things, for the likes of Kevin Harvick, who's not used to getting knocked out this early, uh, but he hasn't had the year that he usually has either. For a couple of the Hendrick guys who've been scuffling anyways and might have been out of the playoff if it weren't for stuff happening the last round, uh, it's going to be tough, honestly, for them to go in advance. But we'll get more into that. But what are your thoughts on the playoff drivers as we move towards the Roval? Yeah, with the playoff drivers there, I mean, first of all, Kyle Larson getting in the wall there at the beginning of the race uh, didn't really help him, but you know, it could come down to the Roval. Uh, what if he's in a situation like he was a few years ago, like in uh, the first Roval race when uh, he basically limped around with three tires and one one tire basically hanging on by a thread and was able to still make it into the race barely um, with Jeffrey Earnhardt uh, stopped on the track there, but uh, could come down to a situation like that, but he may not be as fortunate. And that might mean 
the difference between making it in to the next round or making it in or not making it in. So uh, he's definitely got to be on his toes, but I mean, they've had a pretty good season on the road courses so far. So uh, as long as they stay up front and be uh, not in trouble, they should be fine. But talk about a guy like Alex Bowman, who has been really good on restrictor plate tracks. They had the fastest car back in Daytona when they won the pole. Uh, for the 500, but uh, they got wrecked early in that race. And then again, here they get crashed while leading really in a uh, bad uh, time blocked by, uh, or not badly time blocked, but a badly time push from Chase Elliott and uh, Ricky Stenhouse, Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, your oh Richard guy right there just uh, ran into the back of him and caused the big one and, um, and then took out a couple of the playoff contenders there. Um, William Byron got into it at the last caution or, you know, got collected in, in that and then ended up on fire. So ended up fishing in uh, 36th place. So didn't really have the finish that he needed because I think he was uh, on the outside looking in as well, going into uh, the Roval and still is. And uh, it's a, been a not good playoff for half of the Hendrick organization. The other half uh, been pretty good. And then Harvick uh, still is a, close to making it in, but uh, still on the outside. Uh, Christopher Bell uh, finished fifth. So he had a good finish. So he's able to make up some kind of ground, but still uh, on the outside looking in. He's uh, 30 or you know, 28 points behind Kyle Busch. And then Kevin Harvick is uh, nine points behind Kyle Busch uh, for the last spot. So a lot can happen in this uh, uh, Roval race, but I think, uh, you know, because Bubba Wallace won, it basically made the playoff drivers take a draw as far as uh, who could have won the race for a playoff driver. Uh, so now um, it basically, everything is a, a standstill uh, as far as, someone who could have locked in their spot going into the, uh, the round of eight. So there's still a lot on the line going here into the Roval. Uh, and then of course, Brad Keselowski finishing second, uh, that could be important for him going into the round of eight, because right now, as it stands, he's in fourth place. Uh, he's got 390 or 3,095 points. He's tied with, uh, Martin Truex Jr. And that could be pretty significant when we get to the, uh, round of eight and we're in it. Uh, because that that's when it starts to get really tight. And if you can position yourself now to be uh, higher than that or above that cut line, that'll, that'll uh, be better. And you won't have to worry about that as much uh, going into or while you're in the round of eight. So a lot of things that are tight right now and drivers uh, didn't really have the race that they wanted to because of the big one, because of the rain. Um, and then there are drivers that got good finishes that potentially could help them for the future round. Yeah, and with what it looks like in regards to the weather at uh, Charlotte, it's going to be a dry race. Unlike last year, uh, we've seen what NASCAR has done in the rain this year at Coda and other places. So for the guys that are not very good at road, road courses like Brad Keselowski, uh, a dry race is probably a better scenario, even though it might expose their lack of pace. It means you have more control of your destiny in a dry than you do in the rain. Um, but we will see. I think Kevin Harvick has to go out there and uh, just even though he's only nine points behind. The easiest way to go out and do something is win. And he has to go and probably talk to Chase Briscoe since uh, 
all year. The 14 car amongst the Stuart Haas cars has been the best on the road courses. And, uh, you know, he should have won Indy. I picked him on the show to win Indy. And if it weren't for him getting run off the racetrack, he would have won Indy. Um, but I digress. I'm, I'm still bitter about that, but whatever. At least he's a, he's a dad after all they went through. So at least he has that. He may not win a cup race this year, but at least he's become a father and he might win. He'll win a cup. He'll win plenty of cup races in due time. But let's go over to the Xfinity series. Brandon Brown. Oh, that was a great deal there. Uh, there's some people that probably weren't so happy that, um, they called it the way they did there. Sparks 300 uh, at Talladega on Saturday evening because they started so late. Um, Brandon Brown won over Bruckshot Jones, Justin Allgaier, Daniel Hemrick, Jordan Anderson got a top five uh, for his own team, Haley Burton, Jeb Burton for the colleague team. Sindrick, who advanced into the next round, so he's got a free roll uh, going to, of course, a road course. Josh Berry and the one car mentioned Mike Lynette. I got to get my Mike Lynette rib in there earlier, um, who announces retirement. Josh Berry gets another top 10 in that car. And probably uh, if he had been able with a little bit, with the timing going a little different or things going having the opportunity to run it out. Maybe you had a better chance. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. from New Jersey um, finished 10th, starting dead last, which is amazing considering it's Joe Graff Jr. Blaine Perkins won a stage in the 23 Circle B diecast Chevy. Um, so that was uh, he's finished 13th in the race. Uh, you got other things. Uh, John Hunter finished, uh, won the first stage in the 54 car, first race in the 54 car. Maybe a sign of things to come, uh, considering I think they at least, I mean, they only really have one guy signed, and that's, you know, that's freaking Ty Gibbs. Other than Ty Gibbs, they don't have anything else announced in regards to Joe Gibbs racing as on the Xfinity side. I would venture to say John Hunter Nemechek being in a Joe Gibbs Xfinity car seems likely considering they're going to have to replace Daniel Hemrick and Harrison Burton in the team. I mean, I think they'll just keep Brandon Jones for his money for as long as him and his dad want to pay. In regards to the playoffs, uh, top, what is it, uh, of the top eight, six of the top eight are playoff drivers. Jordan Anderson, of course, um, not a playoff. He doesn't run and he doesn't take Xfinity points. And then, uh, Brandon Brown, of course, net didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Barry, not eligible. Joe Graff, not eligible. Then Jeremy Clemens finished 24th. Harrison Burton, 25th. Herps, 27th. And Gagson 30th, Snyder 31st, A.J. Allmendinger finished 39th after an accident with uh, Sam Mayer. So, uh, yeah, I'll throw to you, Josh, on this. I mean, for 
AJ Allmendinger, he has a pretty big gap here. Um, they're going into a cutoff here, I think, a race at the Roval. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Sindrick, yeah, they're going into a cutoff. Uh, it looks like out, I mean, Allgaier, Hemrick, Allmendinger, over 30 points ahead. I mean, even Haley, Brockshot, or over 20 points. It's really a battle between Noah Gregson, Harrison Burton, Jeb Burton, really, in regards to points. The other guys would have to win uh, to get in. But even with all of that, Brandon Brown, family-run organization, getting a win here at um, Talladega, it's a great thing for the sport, considering um, they're hurting for teams and they're hurting for efforts that actually can go and make it and it's an opportunity race. Brandon Brown went and did a great gimmick earlier this year. I think it was on on Instagram or whatever, on YouTube or whatever. He's like, he basically became a used car salesman. It's like, oh, sponsor me. And it was funny. And he that team from where they were when they started to where they've become now, they're relevant. They have They have a purpose. And now this victory, which we're going to get into not only with um, Brandon Brown, but also with the truck series, it could really help those organizations, you know, take that next step forward and possibly be able to stick around and have relevance in this sport for sure. Yeah, for sure. For Brandon Brown, I mean, it's a, it's a huge win. And talk about his ability to get sponsors with uh, that video that he had. I mean, it's a very innovative video and uh, shows uh, how how much he's uh, passionate about his team, but also his ability to get uh, sponsorship. And I mean, he went to Coastal Carolina University and uh, got his thing in degree in marketing, I think, uh, or economics, something like that. So that's um, shows uh He's uh, well studied in that area and knows how to market his race team so he can get sponsors. So uh, maybe we'll see some dividends here pay off from that with the uh, big win on national television and all that. And uh, as a racer for him, I mean, he first started to come on towards the last uh, end of last year, or the middle of last year in that summer leading up to the uh, the chase when he went uh, and had that stage gamble uh, at Dover last August, 2020, and uh, was able to stay out on tires uh, after one of the cautions, but he sure as hell fought through that one and made the guys that were uh, better than him as far as better car made them have to really race around him. And, and that was, um, you know, when you can see a driver hold his own through that, even if he ends up losing the battle, he, but he's able to hold his own through that and make you have to fight for that position, especially with an underpowered car. You know, it's a, it's a lot of respect that you got to have for a driver like that. So um, for Brandon Brown, I mean, he's able to finally win. And I mean, kind of like Bubba, he was able to get to the front and get the lead and he was uh, able to hold it up there until uh, the caution came out, but he was up in front and uh, then the caution came out and they weren't able to restart uh, due to the darkness and uh, it was able to get the victory there. So uh, very, very uh, good win for him. And then of course, talking about the, the time of the race, because they obviously canceled the rest of the race because of darkness. Well, it would help if they started an hour early. It would help if they moved the truck race an hour early or even two hours early uh, to factor in for the cautions instead of starting at 1.30 for the trucks, maybe start 12.30, 11.30 or something like that. Just 
giving give the fans to have racing all day starting in the morning leading into the late afternoon instead of waiting until it's dark uh for the xfinity series to finish and that's not good uh overall for the credibility of the series uh but i mean it still resulted in a good result so uh, you have to you know balance it out i guess like that uh for uh for the series for the storylines and all that stuff but uh, i mean at the beginning of the race talked about um or yeah, with all AJ Allmendinger getting crashed with Sam Mayer there. I mean, that wasn't one, the result that he needed, uh, for, uh, his points battle. Um, it still, still looks like he could have a, a chance to move on in the next round for the playoffs, but I mean, he could have, uh, had a chance to, uh, get a win there, especially with how colleague races at the, uh, the super speedway tracks, they are known to team up together, uh, and, go draft and block at the front, but it puts him in a position of risk, uh, especially, um, I mean, it, it leaves in in fourth, uh, for this race. And he's now 44 points behind, um, which could mean something later on in the round. Um, I mean, right now he's eight, uh, or yeah, nine points ahead of, uh, Justin Haley, his teammate. So that could be significant once they have to cut off the four drivers. Uh, and could put him under some pressure um, at at Martinsville if uh, Justin Haley uh, ends up winning that race somehow, and he's AJ Allmendinger's on the position could mean something um, later on. Then you know, for uh, Harrison Burton got caught up in that crash. No, Greg Gregson got caught up in a crash as well. Jeb Burton didn't have the. I mean, he was up there as well up at the front, but then got taken out towards the end in in the big one. So uh, the lost caution. So uh, those guys they. They need to be able to get in uh, into this next round of eight for the Xfinity Series, but uh, still uh, a little tight there leading into the Roval. But that was definitely uh, for those guys that got crashed. Definitely not the result uh, that they wanted there. Uh, so it was a definitely a, uh, a mixed bag for the playoff drivers overall uh, across the the three series. I mean, we'll get into it next with with the truck stuff and all that. But just a uh, a wild and wacky uh, racing that we had throughout uh, the Xfinity race. I mean, it wasn't even that much. It's just because it started late is where the controversy really lies because there wasn't like a, a ton of cautions. We had two stage cautions and then we had uh, three crash cautions. Uh, and then the 15 car, I guess, stalled on track. So as far as like crashing all over and over again, like it wasn't really like too many events. I mean, of course, they just waited until the end, uh, to wreck everything but i mean that's how it kind of goes in xfinity but still the xfinity series still kind of has the um, most respectable racing i guess you could say uh, across the board for uh the top three series when it comes to super speedway racing restrictor play racing so at least there's that and at least we can know that in the xfinity i mean it, at least they still have to be able to somehow drive these cars and uh still have to uh you know be able to mine their their own in the car uh whereas the truck and the cup series seem to be laying on each other too much and and they get into a lot of wrecks which we'll get into next with the truck series yeah and that's it's the lack of respect that exists with these drivers and with these teams and whatever i don't know you know and the guy that runs one of them pr guys that goes and runs the the track goes and promotes the fact that what we're about to talk about um, and how great it is that guys demolish other guys to win races as though it's a demo derby. Um, 
I mean, people show up to Daytona and Talladega, and I think it's they want blood. I, I mean, honestly, I think that's what it is. Um, I the biggest race of the year runs at Daytona, and it's the most important. And people have won the Daytona 500, and my favorite driver for many years never won the Daytona 500. Two of my guys did, but that was before my time, and I didn't get to see it live. Um, I've had other favorite drivers get close. Um, of course, Josh mentioned uh, Michael McDowell running over two of the Penske guys to go and win the Daytona 500, and Brad would have won that race. And this whole year might look different for Brad Keselowski, and maybe Roger Penske would have thought, hey, um, I could go and like do a side gig. He could go and make... Like, he could have went and called Wood Brothers and be like, hey, let's go and do... I mean, I'm sure that the Wood Brothers aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, Brad, you can go be a part of our team. Or if he wins a Daytona 500, maybe the satellite... Maybe a satellite effort comes off. Maybe BKR comes back, and he's able to be an owner with Penske equipment and all that stuff, the way that Kyle Busch wanted to have his Xfinity program and all that with Joe Gibbs, you know, maybe that happens, you know, it, because it's the Daytona 500. But at the end of the day, this racing they do at these races, or what they call racing at T Daytona and Talladega, it takes way too long, and it ends up with the destruction of at least 50% of the cars at the racetrack generally um and it's stupid um if you want to have a demo derby you can run a 25 lap race at talladega you'd be the same amount of entertainment that's why they run sprint car races and and whatever for 30 40 lap mains you know you can get the same amount of action 30 laps as you have to have in 500 miles and in the end you get a better you get a better value for your money anyway so that's what they should do at Daytona Talladega, honestly. Take way too long to go and destroy half the field. And um, speaking of destroying half the field, the uh, truck series, Tate Fogelman, Josh's algorithm uh, was one for three. And batting 333 ain't bad. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's a Hall of Fame batting average. Um, Tate Fogelman, son of Jay, driving for Young's Motorsports, meaning two-thirds of the winners at uh, Talladega this weekend roll out of the same shop. Um, both the uh, Young's Motorsports team and Brandon Brown, one of his two shops at Brown, whatever, BBR or runs out of are the same shop, so... Tate Fogelman wins the Chevy Silverado 250 over Tyler Hill. So, you know, as a Timmy Hill mark, uh, it would have been cool to see Tyler Hill win in the Hair Club for Men Toyota. Todd Gilland ended up leading the both laps, finished third. John Hunter Nemechek gets hooked off the bumper of Tate Fogelman, still finishes fourth. Ryan Truex, Corey Roper almost won in February at Daytona, finished sixth. 
Spencer Boyd, uh, the defending race winner, finished seventh. Danny Bone in eighth. Chase Purdy, who's not going to have a job next year, uh, finished ninth. And Keith McGee in the uh, Dawson Cram, number 41, uh, starting from way back, finished 10th. Jordan Anderson finished 11th. So the only uh, playoff driver was John Hunter in the top 10. Sheldon Creed, who won stage two, finished 12th. Ben Rhodes, who won stage one, finished 13th. Matt Crafton, 14th. Chandler Smith, 19th. Friesen, 22nd. Hosovar, 25th. That's the um, playoff drivers. He had had a first lap accident with freaking Chris Wright, Parker Clemen, Wallace Allen, and and Brian Doza. And then um, Jack Wood will be running next year. Um, that's a great sponsor. Um, he'll be, uh, he finished dead last, uh, with a blown engine. You know, Brian Doze had his own accident because that team has accidents every time they show up. And it was that accident that, uh, Parker Clibman, Lawless Allen were involved in. It also involved Zane Smith. Yeah, Zane Smith, Austin Hill, Tanner Gray, Drew Dollar as well were involved in that. So, it's a shame, but Austin Hill ended up getting stage points to bail himself out. Um, Jennifer Ho Cobb uh, arca braked herself into, I forget who she arca braked into. But mm, she she arca- shouldn't be driving. Well, you know, I mean, she's too busy texting and looking at her big fake tits um, and her molds all over her face. But um, that that was not a good look. But yeah, so. In regards to truck series, the algorithm, I mean, it's not like I doubted that. I mean, I couldn't believe that when you said, I I mean, I didn't believe you're lying. I didn't think you were lying. I'm like that. I just could not believe that we called a winner on this show. Um, if anybody actually listened to this fucking show, it would be pretty epic. Uh, but the... Um, you freaking pulled Tate Fogelman out of 40 trucks. You pulled Tate effing Fogelman. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to give you the floor on that, man. I, I mean, it, it, I mean, if you had if you had pulled Tate Fogelman turns John Hunter come into the checkered flag, um, I don't know if we'd be able to do the GSP anymore because then I think you're a freaking you're like that guy that's on. Uh, True TV that does the magic tricks and crap on everybody, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh, so you're a mechanic? Oh, so now, so you do this? T- you do the computer stuff? And oh, I'm a sim guy. Oh, I'm just mad chill and laid back, Josh. Oh, but I'm a real analytics guy. But in the on the down low, you're like freaking Superman, and you just don't <laughs> want anyone to know about it. Yeah, it might be true. I might not want anybody to know about it because that's that's a pretty pretty powerful superpower to have or whatever. So you're, jo- <laughs> so you're Josh Kent, the same way as like Chris Prather is they, they, yeah, Chris Prather, they call him whatever Clark Kent or because he looks like Clark Kent. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, got a, I guess a body build for a little bit and then maybe get a little uh, plastic surgery or something on my face. Now really look like uh, 
uh, Clark Kent there, Superman. I mean, somebody did it, but I mean, uh, that would, that would be a lot of work and probably not worth the effort, but no, um, this, this race, I mean, with Tate Fogelman winning, I mean, the, the algorithm only tells you, uh, who is going to win. It doesn't tell you how it happened or why it happened or anything like that. So that matter does not have context, but, um, this, it was definitely looking good when I saw him in sixth place and they talk about him on the TV for a minute, you know, they highlight the drivers who are running in the top 10 and all that stuff, but he's in sixth place. And I was like, this might happen. Like he's up there <laughs> and sure enough, like got a good push on the last lap. And then he was able to get himself off of John Henry Nemechek's bumper there in the trioval, got alongside of him and like he, he kind of like went down low to almost onto the flat onto the apron, but then he came back up onto the track, almost, almost like he got loose actually. And then got right into the door of uh, John Herner and, and wiped them out right before the finish line finished first. And then he also wrecked two after the finish line and then wasn't able to celebrate, but went to the infield care center, but that was a wild sequence of, of events. I mean, I saw it happen. I was like, I can't believe this. It actually, actually happened. It was like, I tell you, dude, the algorithm actually won and Fogelman, you know, that was a wild, wild, uh, secrets of events there. But I mean, for John Hernimichek, it's a lost opportunity to win on a super speedway and, uh, had a, a chance to move on to the next round, uh, in this, uh, playoffs here uh, for the Xfinity series, but wasn't able to do that, uh, here with the um, not winning, but uh, instead crashing out of the race. So just not the way that uh, he needed it uh, to be, especially with uh, uh, Las Vegas. Uh, he got a, a crash there uh, or, well, didn't really, I mean, he had to end up finishing in uh, 33rd place at Las Vegas by winning the pole there. But at Talladega, I mean, he finished fourth, which points wise is good, but there's always an opportunity to win. And if you, know, you miss out on an opportunity to win and then next race comes around and uh, it, you know, you don't have the points that you need to make it into the next round. Well, uh, that's not good uh, for you, especially with the truck series. Uh, this is, uh, the cutoff round for, uh, going from the round of what six to the round of eight or round of four. So, uh, the last race and the next, next one's at, at Martinsville. So, you know, what if he gets crashed or something at Martinsville doesn't make it into the, uh, the playoffs. I mean, he's got all that playoff points, but there's still the possibility and you, you, when you have an opportunity to win, you want to be able to uh, take advantage of that opportunity and still in, in the lead, but you know, anything, anything could happen at Talladega or at, well, it did happen at Talladega, but also at Martinsville. And I mean, it was a, just a wild sequence of events and, and going back to what you said with uh, the driver uh, respecting each other. I mean, it seems to, be very prevalent, uh, especially with the lack of experience in the truck series and then in the cup series, because of the way that, uh, they've made the series into the way that they've structured it. It you know, puts a lot of the drivers under a lot of pressure and, and then they're forced to make moves because, um, the, there's no more ethic there and all that stuff. And really in the, uh, the truck series kind of where it should start, but fortunately or unfortunately, uh, there's just not a lot of respect there. I mean, John Hammer probably pissed there that he got crashed going for the win like that. Uh, but then again, not, not all that uh, too different from how he won a few years ago in the trucks over Cole Custer at Mossport there. Uh, but sure would like to, for him to have that back uh, in this, in this race. But then 
uh, Matt Crafton also could have had a chance to win there at the end. Um, Sheldon Creed um, probably didn't have the race that he needed there uh, to be able to win um, finishing uh, in already finished. I'm looking at the results here, he finished in 12th. So it wasn't quite up there to uh, race for the lead at the end, but uh, I mean, again, for uh, people who are in the playoffs, it was uh, a missed opportunity to go out and win a race. And I mean, John Henry got taken away from him for, for the other guys. Uh, they just didn't have the the pace to be up there. And for the most part, I mean, it was Todd Gilliland leading the race, but uh, for the most part, just uh, playoff drivers just didn't have the the weekend that they needed to at Talladega. Yeah, and I mean, John, what is it with Todd Gilliland? He's been close these last few weeks uh, in regards to getting that, getting another win. He could have been in this round, and based on how he has been running, he probably belongs in this round. It's a shame for him when you consider where charters are looking in regards to the cup series, he might not have a job. I mean, he might actually be in cup next year. To be fair, I think front row motorsports will be in the cup series next year, but uh, with one car. Um, And if that's the case, I, I kind of feel like, because of all the connections, everything that's going on with, of course, his dad formally driving for that team and them re- reducing to one car and compiling resources, I would assume connecting with a manufacturer. Um, there's still going to be, a. I mean, that's a thing. Depending on how things are, they might lease the other charter out. Uh, they'll still be a Ford team. Todd Gillen might be going over there. Uh, because they haven't announced a driver for the 34 car uh, as of yet. But he's run well this year, and uh, he just hasn't really had the luck to go with it. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens with him, um, with um, how things go. But, you know, Tate Fogelman getting that win, Tyler Hill getting second place, neither of them getting uh, one second of recognition on TV um, is typical Fox and how they do business because they had to go to some crappy college football game. Um, But that's how they do things. It's unfortunate. And then there you have, I mean, they don't have a race again until Martinsville here in a few weeks. So they have four weeks till the next race. So, I mean, that's, that's just brutal. You know, you run second, you know, three, you know, four weeks until the next race. So it's just a terrible way to go. They'll run on Saturday afternoon. It'll be freaking balls cold though. Um, but we'll see what happens with that in regards to the elimination and who will be there. Uh, the round of eight right now. Uh, John Hardy, check. Ben Rhodes is a point behind him. Crafton, 26. Sheldon Creed, 31 points back. So now the gap is five between Creed and Friesen. And outside of that, if any of the other guys, Chandler Smith, 
Carson Hosevar, Zane Smith, they'd have to win to make the uh, Final Four. Um, John Hunter and Ben Rhodes, I think if they just have a clean uh, day and Martinsville will uh, make it through. And uh, But it'll be between Crafton, Creed, and Friesen. Crafton's only got 10 points on Stuart Friesen, but Crafton's won there before. And uh, that's something we'll talk about in a few weeks' time, I guess. Um, when it comes to Martinsville, I'm trying to see. They didn't run at Martinsville earlier in the year. I thought they did. Um, usually they run twice there, but I guess they changed that up this year. Uh, but for Tate Fogelman, big deal as second-generation driver. His dad, former uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver and great late model racer for many years. Jay Fogelman ran in the Hooters Pro Cup Series and the like. So for Tate, for Young's Motorsports, getting that victory, big deal there. Uh, great deal to see for that organization and for him as a young driver. Um, let's see. Let's go here. So the next thing will be the GSP roundup here. And uh, we have Mark Marquez winning the U.S. Grand Prix or Grand Prix of the Americas or whatever the hell they want to call it. Um, they, uh, I mean, he's won, I think, every time they've run at Coda. So it's not like it's shocking, but in this case, considering what Honda's dealt with all year and what Mark Marquez has had to deal with, um, with his injuries and the and all, to come through and get this victory is a big deal for him and for Repsol Honda as well, uh, beating the basically champion elect Fabio Quattararo, who for all intents and purposes, is also doing miracles on that Yamaha. And uh, Pekko Bagnaya finished third. Alex Rins, Jorge Martin, top five. Enea Bastaini, Jack Miller, Joanne Mir, and Brad Binder, Paula Spargo, your top ten. Uh, Oliveira, a winner earlier this year. Alex Marquez, Davizioso on the Patronus Yamaha, Luca Marini, and... Valentino Rossi in his last appearance here in the U.S. as a rider uh, gets the last point. Johan Zarco uh, retires five laps into the race and puts himself, you know, deeper in a point. So Franco Morgan Morbidelli was the last uh, last uh, finisher, uh, classified finisher, you know. Quattararo has a 52-point lead on Paco Bagnaia with uh, four rounds to go as it stands in the World Championship. Uh, Joanne Mir is fifth, 25, nearly 75 points behind. He's 74 points behind. Um, 95, 50, yeah, so 74 uh Points behind Quattararo, Jack Miller in fourth, Johan Zarco in fifth. Uh, 
Bender, Mark Marquez with the win, uh, moves up to seventh over um, Alicia Spargo, Maverick Vinales is ninth, and Miguel Oliveira in tenth. The Moto2 results at Coda see Raul Fernandez beat Fabio DG Antonio, Marco Bezzecchi, Augusto Fernandez, and Cameron Bobier, uh, multiple um, Moto America Superbike champion, gets his first top five in the Moto 2 class. He was only 5.4 seconds off of the, the victory there. Uh, big deal uh, for the American rider, great American rider, and great momentum going to Misano, Algarve, and Valencia to finish out the year. Joe Roberts didn't even get points. Uh, you know, the guys, a lot of guys wrecked at retirements, uh, accidents for Remy Gardner, who's going to MotoGP, Tom Luthi, former MotoGP, former Moto2 champion, uh, an accident for Albert Arenas. So, I mean, for a top five finish for Cameron Bobier, huge deal. Um, Remy Gardner, of course, uh, with the wreck. Uh, now gives Raul Fernandez an opening. He's only nine points behind him for the, the championship lead. Bezeki's in his own house in third. Sam Lowe's, Augusto Fernandez, GD Antonio. It's 12 points. It's 16 points from Lowe's to Aaron Kinnett for between fourth and seventh. And then I guess you can add Ayagura in that, but it's basically 20 was 27 points. Joe Roberts is 12th with 59 points and Cameron Bobier is 16th with uh, 39 points right now in the world championship. But Cameron Bobier got his uh, high point score for the year uh, with his fifth place finish. Uh, otherwise he's had, two other top tens and yeah two other top uh, three was a three other top 10 finishes this year in moto two um yeah javi vieja is going to go to replace uh, leon asm at honda in the world Superbikes. so there's that you have other announcements, other things going on uh, all across motorsports. We'll get into that. We'll probably get into that more as the year runs out. A big deal for Cameron Bobier to get that uh, much-needed top-five finish uh, this uh, year. The World Superbikes ran at Algarve in Portugal. Uh, this past weekend, uh, battle points battle is tight there. Saw Johnny Ray. Um, what is it? In race one, was Topak Ras Raskatagulu over Scott Redding and Loris Baz. 
Michael Rubin, Rinaldi, Leon Haslam, Garrett Gerloff gets a sixth place finish. The Super Pole race. Uh, that's all I wanted. Super Pole race. Uh, saw Michael Vandermark win over Scott Redding, Loris Baz, Andrea Locatelli, Alvaro Bautista. Garrett Gerloff finished eighth. Raskatagulu finished sixth. And then in race two, Johnny Ray wins over Scott Redding, Locatelli, Baz, Gerloff, top five, Vandermark, Ruben Rinaldi, Haslam, Bassani, uh, the top 10. And Raskatagulu has a 24 point lead over Johnny Ray. He has a 54 point lead on Scott Redding. And they're all in a different planet right now with six races to go to two venues but six races to go uh in the world championship garrett gerloff uh with the night's weekend he had gets himself within six points of alex lowe's and 18 points of michael vandermark in sixth you'll need to have a huge weekend probably win a couple of uh the regular races to possibly get himself in past that and get himself possibly in the top five uh, to finish out this year. In um, the DTM, they were at Hockenheim this past weekend. Uh, they're going to be at the Norris Ring uh, this coming weekend, so back-to-back weeks for the... Uh, DTM series sees a uh, winner winners from last week there DTM um, we have the results from Hockenheim Norris ring it looks like is the um, final race of the year so loss in uh, Liam Lawson's put himself in position uh, with a second place finish in race two. We'll go to race one. Calvin Vanderlinde, Alex Albon, Mike Rockenfeller, Liam Lawson, Max Malian Gotz in the top five. Esteban Muth, Daniel Juncadella, uh, Philip Ellis, Vincent Abril, Timo Glock, the top 10. Um, and those are the top 10 score points. And. Sophia Flores was 12th, Esme Hockey 13th, Hubert Haupt, who's been around forever, 14th, Luca Degrassi coming from Formula E, 15th, Dev Gore, the brown guy who's an Indian, finished 16th, last classified finisher, um, Arjun Mining didn't even make a lap, Lucas Auer, Marco Wittmann, Sheldon Vanderlinde, Nico Muller, and his shoes. In race two, Lucas Auer beat Liam Lawson, Maximilian Goetz, Philip Ellis, Daniel Yukandela, Alex Albon, Marvin Deanst, Arjun Miney, Vincent Abril, Calvin Vanderlinde were your top 10. Uh, they were the only ones that scored points. Um, in regards to the standings going into the last race of the year, Liam Lawson has. A 14-point lead on Kelvin Vanderlinde. Uh, Maximilian Goetz is 26 points behind Liam Lawson, and that's 
basically, I think, where it all ends up. One of those three guys is going to be the DTM champion. Liam Lawson has the early advantage in regards to that. Uh, Alex Albon, Lucas Auer, Philip Ellis from fifth to seventh, only five points. Uh, Jun Cadella, Sheldon Vanderlinde, Nico Miller only separated by seven points from ninth to 11th. Um, Arjun Miney, after the good weekend he had, moved himself to 14th. Sophia Flourish has only got one point finish. She finished, and so she's in 18th. Hockey, one point finish, 19th. There's great drivers. Marco Bertolotti, Emma Muller, Stoltz, Clean, Dev, I mean, Deb Gore, I'm not sure if you say he's great. Um, Hubert Haupt, Marcus Winkelhock, Luca Degrassi just made his debut in DTM, so it's kind of unfair to go and judge him on that. Went over those races. I mean, World or WRC, Efren, Elfren Evans won in a Toyota over the Hyundais, Lot Tannic and Craig Breen. Uh, Toyotas and Hyundais took up the top five position, including world championship leader Sebastian Auger. Uh, in fifth, who's looking for, I don't know how many world championships it is for him. He's just like the other Sebastian and Sebastian Loeb in regards to world rally. IMSA will be at VIR this re- weekend, uh, GT only event at, uh, at uh, VIR. There will and then we have an right there. So we'll get into the, the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Um, and for the uh, Michelin GT Challenge at VIR and event schedule. Go there. Not like that. They'll be running. So GTLM and GTD will be running at uh, Virginia International Raceway. And do you have weather technology? And everything will be Thursday for Sunday. The Michelin GT channels will be on Saturday afternoon on NBC. Um as a lead into probably an order named football. Uh, you have, yeah, let's see right here. So in the pro, Cup, the entry list, so 18 cars, three GTLM, three or 15 GTD. Uh, looking at the spotter's guide, so. The two Corvettes and the WeatherTech Porsche, Cooper McNeil, Kevin Estra, um, Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor in the three, Tommy Milner and Nick Tandy in the four. In regards to the GTD, here, yeah, Brian Sellers, Madison Snow, and the number one Paul Miller car, Zachary Robichon, Lawrence Van Thur, and the FAF Motorsports uh, Plaid Porsche, number nine, Zach Veach. Frankie Montecalvo, um, number 12, Vassar Sullivan, 
Carr, number 14, Vassar Sullivan of Jack Hawksworth, Aaron Tillitz, or Tillitz, um, then Trent Hinman, Patrick Long in the number 16, Misha Goikberg, Frank Pereira, number 19, GRT Grasser, Lambeau, Roscon, Roman DeAngelis, Harder Racing, Aston, second Aston, Harder Racing Aston for Ian James, Alex Ribeiros, then the number 32, Gilbert Korthoff, Motorsport, Mercedes of Guy Cosmo and Mike Skeen, Richard Highstand and Jeff Westfall in the Carbon Audi, number 39, and then John Potter, Andy Lally in the number 44, Magnus with Archangel, Acura, Radiant Racing Acura, Dill Bolt, Dushelheimer, and Mario Farnbacher. And then Catherine Leg, Rob Foriel, Team Hardpoint, Porsche, Bill Arberlin, Robbie Foley, Turner Motorsport, BMW. So that's the IMSA GTVIR. NHR will NHR will be running at the Texas Motorplex in Dallas. So we'll give you recap in regards to that uh, next week. In terms of the points. Steve Torrance has a 36 point lead. Uh, Brittany Horse, otherwise, nobody's within five rounds. Uh, Matt Hagen leads in Funny Car with 59 point lead on Ron Cap, 72 in John Force, 99 in Cruz Pentagon. Uh, in Pro Stock, Greg Anderson, 17 point lead. Kyle Koretsky, 97. Um, that's, uh, so that's basically where that's at. Uh, Glenn and Aaron Stanfield are the heavies for Greg Anderson because uh, they're KB drivers and they're young. Uh, Steve Johnson uh, leads by 17 over Angel Sampay, 30 over Matt Smith, 39. Eddie Craywick in regards to uh, the points going into the next round. I think it's in Thailand or maybe that's World Superbike. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, those are the NHRA points. We'll get into more detail with that next week on the GSP. All right, so F1, Turkish Grand Prix, they're back um, after a break, after running multiple weeks in a row. Um, before I go and start, Josh, what do you expect from this race in whatever area you, you want to take it in, whether it's Lewis? And Max, you want to take it Ferrari, McLaren, whatever else. You let me know what you're thinking in regards to this weekend's Turkish Grand Prix, which is a substitute from uh, whether it's Japan or Australia for why they're there. Yeah, for Turkish Grand Prix, I mean, the, the story is just going to continue to be uh, Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen uh, as they continue to battle in the points and uh, throughout this year. And it's all going to come down to who's, who's uh, got a, a better car in this race and um, who's willing to, willing to fight for it. I mean, talk about Lewis Hamilton's only um, two and a half points or two points ahead. Because I was looking at the half there, the uh, 246.5 for Lewis Hamilton and then uh, 244.5 for Max Verstappen. So two points between them. So whoever wins this race uh, is going to have the, point lead and you know, whether it's for stopping or Hamilton and for stopping wins, obviously he's going to 
take the point lead and then Hamilton wins, he'll keep the point lead, but it's going to be an interesting one, uh, especially with uh, Turkish Grand Prix coming up. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick Max Verstappen to win this race. I think he has a opportunity to win this race. Uh, I think they might have the better car this weekend uh, than Mercedes, but it, it's going to be a tough race, I think. And, uh, Lewis uh, knows he has to be able to continue winning to be able to win the championship. And right now he's on a bit of a roll, obviously getting his 100th victory. Uh, and uh, recently, and now he wants to get started on the next 100 victories. Um, I don't know if you get 100 victories more, but certainly at least 101 victories. And uh, this is an opportunity for him to uh, be able to, to do that. And if uh, Lewis qualifies well they qualify up front i think you're gonna see him uh be up front for most of the race but uh i think the ball for is in max verstappen's court uh, they have to be able to uh, continue the battle they can't fall behind uh, especially as we begin to trend towards uh, the end of the season here uh in f1 we've only got about a, a month and a half so left of racing uh and there's a well, it's kind of a lot of time, you know, the not really any mistakes that can be afforded here, uh, right now. So it's, it's going to be interesting and definitely, uh, looking forward uh, to that race and, uh, seeing how it plays out. Yeah, this, this race, it's about Max versus Lewis. So I'll go the other way. Um, I'll take Lewis in this spot, even though he's going to his house at Coda. Here in a few weeks' time, I think momentum has shifted slightly back to Mercedes. But, of course, Red Bull has been up there all year. They've been the best car. Driver's been the best driver. So it wouldn't be out of the realm that they go out there and get yet another victory. Um, I'll take Lewis, but I also think that um carlos signs will be up there i think lando is going to be up there you're going to have a ham lando and science podium uh coming up this weekend and uh we'll see how it all works out with that uh i mean i you there are other guys in there the like sergio perez daniel ricardo's won this both of them have won this year so they could have a mix what is now Aston Martin, what was Tracing Point, what was whatever, Jordan. Originally, the Jordan team had a great run at um, Turkey last year, but the weather conditions may not be as cooperative in regards to having said run. But we'll all find out with you and recap it here on the GSP. NASCAR Cup and Xfinity are at the Roval. This weekend, we'll uh, start with the uh, NASCAR Cup Series, Bank of America Roval 400. Um, who's, I uh, mean, Clyde's the uh, favorite for sure, but um, I think the better question is, Josh, uh, can bring out the algorithm now. Uh, you can go and see. Um, you can let us know if you've done any deviation or 
deviated off of just a straight, you know, pick them in um, regards to who you picked. I'll just pick Clyde to be chalk um, because I figure he's he's the guy. I also, but I would venture to say that Chase Briscoe is an upset pick for Sunday at the Roval because it's probably the last chance he's going to have, have to win this year in the Cup Series. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you on Chase Briscoe. Definitely a, a very upset pick. Had a good run at the Roval uh, or, yeah, at Indianapolis, he's done pretty well. Daytona's Roval there, so Charlotte Roval definitely a, a dark horse pick uh, to go with uh, Chase Briscoe there, and of course picking the other Chase to win, uh, pretty solid there. I mean, look out for Chase Br- or you know both of those guys really, but also I mean Denny Hamlin, um, Kyle Larson, of course, won at Sonoma and was up front at Coda and uh, Daytona uh, road course race was up there, so. Uh, can't count him out, especially a little bit of under pressure now going into uh, this last race here in round of 12. But we'll go ahead and pick the algorithm now. And I mean, I haven't deviated. I just copied, paste the straight entry list, see what happens. Um, I think there's enough credible entries in here that it could pick a good pick, but we'll see. And now it uh, picks the 41. So cold custard, which uh, not, I don't know. I mean, Road course racing, that's, um, I mean, it's a full-time driver that certainly has won before, but I mean, take a lot of luck. I feel like for a guy like him to win on the road, uh, the road course race, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, yeah, the, I mean, I will personally make my own pick here just to yeah. um, say my own pick. I mean, we'll have the algorithm, but I mean, my own pick, I think I, uh, I will pick, um, Kyle Larson to win this race. I think, um, they, they uh, have a lot of uh, opportunity here and uh, they have shown a lot of uh, sp- uh, speed on road courses and definitely uh, think he'll be up there uh, at the end to try and win this race. Yeah. And I mean, Accutane Ace going out there and winning, he hasn't won this year. He's only won the one race. Uh, it was on a last late race restart that he was able to get a run at Kentucky and get his one cup win as I mentioned with Harvick, who needs to run really well. Stuart Haas' cars have been good on road courses, relatively speaking, all year. So we'll see what they're able to do, but it basically is a Hendrick Gibbs benefit. On the Xfinity side, we'll uh, do the same thing. Uh, When it comes to... The lineup there for the drive for the cure to 50. The uh, starting lineup sees Sindrick and Allgaier on the front row. Emmerich Berry, row two. Haley and Bruckshot Jones, row three. Uh, Harrison, or is it Jeb Burton? Harrison Burton, row four. Riley Herb, Snow Gregson, row five. Jeremy Clemens, Stoddy Gibbs, row six. Mike Sonner, AJ Ellinger, row seven. And uh, 40 car field uh, in this field, so full house. Uh, Josh, I'll uh, send to you in regards to who you think is the um, favorite, or who you think is a favorite, and then you can also let us know what uh, your algorithm uh, has. I need to find a sound drop for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely have to do something like that for. Uh, 
sound effect on me, but um, for this race, I mean, Justin Allgaier, Austin Zindrick, they're starting up for, I mean, Austin Zindrick's been really good on road courses, obviously, and then his rival, the main rival this year in AJ Allmendinger uh, is uh, starting a little bit farther back in 14th place, so not quite the best position. Then, of course, you got Ty Gibbs, who was pretty good at the first road course race this year back at Daytona. Uh, is a little bit more technical road course race. And of course he also won at Watkins Glen as well. So he's definitely an outsider threat. That's not a playoff driver um, that I think is definitely credible to pick, but uh, I think, yeah, for this race, um, I'm going to go with Almondinger. I feel like he understands this track really well. Uh, definitely won here last year, of course. And I think he, He's got a, a lot on the line here. Cindric could be up there, but I think in the end, I'll, I think Almondinger wants this race probably a little bit more than Austin Cindric. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Justin Allgaier, of course, uh, underrated as a road course racer. I already talked about uh, Ty Gibbs. Josh Berry starting up front, but hasn't really proven himself yet on the road courses. Being more of a short track speedway guy, uh, it's going to be definitely a challenge, especially keep his position uh, up front, but certainly going to have a lot of help from his teammates and uh, a lot of preparation going into this race. You know, some of the underdogs that could uh, potentially be up there and in a, have a good race. You talk about Jeremy Clements, Brandon Brown, of course, winning this last race. Uh, Alex LeBay, who's always kind of been an underrated driver when it comes to the road course races. Um, uh, I think maybe, uh, what Landon castle could be up there or well, not up there, but certainly a top 20 runs, not out of the question for him. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of, uh, volatility that could happen, uh, in the Xfinity series, maybe comparatively speaking to the cup series, but we'll go ahead and give the algorithm result here and see what happens. And it gives, uh, well, 15. So Chris, Wright. So this one's really out there. Um, yeah, there's uh, it picks Chris, Wright. So <laughs> we'll go ahead and go with that, I guess, and let him, uh, yeah. figure out who wins, but, um, that's interesting. Well, the algorithm is two for two and picking guys that are way in tailback town, as rusty would say. For Caesar Backrell and now Chris Wright, who's I think driving for uh, Sam Hunt racing in that 15 car, but not sure. I think they announced something on the yeah, we're going over here. Chris Wright for JD Motorsport. Oh, so JD Motorsport. Sorry. So Chris Wright's driving the 15. For JD Motorsports, so that would be a huge deal if that somehow or another came off. Um, for me, I I think going chalk is safer in regards to um, the Xfinity series and what to expect for this weekend's uh, Drive for the Cure 250 uh, presented. By Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, you have 40 cards, 41. So somebody has to go home. It's um, 
What are the guys? Yeah, so I'm trying to. I think they say Timmy Hill's the one that goes home in the 13. Uh, but we'll see about that. Um, we'll get into NFL Week Four, and Josh, I'll just allow you to go and uh, rant before I rant about my 49ers. Um, because it's a good thing we have fantasy football because our teams ain't going too good. Yeah, I mean, for you, at least you got two wins on the season. And I know the 49ers expect to be fairly competitive. So it's a little bit, I mean, I guess I yeah understand the disappointment. But you know, Jacksonville, 0-4, 19 in a row losses. Could be 20 on Sunday if they lose to Tennessee. But I mean, it's almost been a week now since they lost uh, to Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday or Thursday night. And they got out to a 14-0 lead in the first half. And then eventually they got to the end of the second or the first second quarter there. And Urban Meyer calls a quarterback run option play on uh, fourth and goal. They don't get it. And Trevor Lawrence tries to get into the the, uh, goal line, but gets stood up there, which uh, question that one because you know it's close to the goal line and not really close to the goal line but physical play running play and he's going running between the tackles and uh, could get injured there uh, so uh, that's a risky play uh, for the quarterback and had the option to toss it to James Robinson there and turns out that missing that play and not converting getting the touchdown was basically uh, what the difference in the game was because you had uh the field goal at the end for uh, the Bengals and firstly, the day did not come until three seconds left in the fourth quarter when they converted the field goal and win the game. Uh, so it's disappointing victory, but Jaguars, at least on offense, starting to get a little bit better defensively. They were better in the first half, but then uh, I think, you know, the NFL, it looks like in the first half, the playbook wins, wins the matchup. And then second half is when the players start to come out and execute. And I think for uh the Jags, they just weren't able to execute the same way that they did in the first half. They didn't adjust quite as well to what Bengals were doing in the second half. Uh, they couldn't respond as well. Um, they had opportunity to stop at the end of the fourth quarter when the Bengals were making their game-winning, what ended up being their game-winning drive. Uh, that got a penalty on third and whatever, third and five, I think, uh, inside uh, or, or on the Bengals' 20-yard line, but then got a penalty for defensive holding and that killed that defensive drive or opportunity. And then later on uh, called a zero blitz against Joe Burrow and was able to get uh, out to the tight end screen and be able to convert the first down. So that wasn't, wasn't what the Jaguars needed to win the game. So they still need to figure out a way to get defensive stops at the end because ultimately, I mean, defenses, it's going to be a back and forth game. It's the way the NFL is, but you have to be able to stop the, the other opposing offense in uh, critical situations when uh, it matters. And, uh, that's kind of the name of the game. NFL defenses just have to be able to dictate to the other team how you want them to play. And then when it comes to critical situations, you have to be able to uh, stop them when when uh, it matters and being able to get the, the ball back. Uh, so ultimately, Jags 0-4 now, but uh, wasn't as disappointing as what I felt like is because they're a little bit more competitive now. But then, of course, Saturday had his uh, Urban's uh, in Columbus, Ohio, near Ohio State. And turns out he's getting lap dance, some nice looking uh, co- girl, college girl, whatever. And, you know, he's got people trying to figure out where's his hand because hand is kind of right there in between his crotch and 
she's kind of dancing on his lap, hand, whatever. Um, and then, you know, becomes a distraction. People are talking about Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not his wife. His wife's at home with the grandkids, 20, uh, tweeting about corn and how Ohio corn tastes very sweet and all that. And meanwhile, Urban's at the bar uh, getting shit-faced, drinking dark, uh, dark liquor, then dresses on Monday and tries to kind of play it off. He's like, oh, I didn't know that woman, whatever. Um, and then tries to apologize to the team. Doesn't really go over the well. They laugh at his face because like, we know, we know what you're doing there. Then another video comes out before that and like he's um you know uh fondling uh so um yeah i mean i think yeah i'm gonna have to edit this right now because i think my crap crashed while we were doing while it, it froze and then it crashed on me on my end and then um, I was able to get back the recording and I'm just going to have to splice them and cut all of this crap out um, because it has whatever we were doing up to maybe about a couple minutes ago. And uh, yeah, that's so yeah. I'll just leave it. Yeah. So it has what we had going while you were talking about uh, your team and then it decided to crash right when i came back i've never had that so there's a first for everything uh but we'll see and i'll i'll splice them and edit them connect them anyway so <sighs> you're good on your end though yeah yeah okay so I'll just chop whatever the hell this couple of minutes out and then um, we'll keep going. So, yeah, the 49ers ended up losing to Seattle. Uh, they're going to need them against the Arizona Cardinals for ball control, time, and possession because um, if it seems like every time Arizona gets the ball, they score with Kyler Murray, who's I would assume is the early front runner for the MVP of the league. Uh, but, you know, it would be something for the Niners if they could come through here, get this win going into their bye and prepare Trey Lance to uh, take over and run the ship for the rest of the year. And um, we could dismiss Jimmy Garoppolo uh, finally. Uh, it won't fix the fact the defense sucks, um, especially the secondary. Uh, they can't cover anybody. And then you have the defensive line hasn't been able to finish all these big picks, haven't been able to finish, haven't been able to get to the quarterback, uh, which is unfortunate. But, you know, at some point it has to turn around. I know that D'Amico Ryan's is a really smart player. Um, and I mean, he's been a leader for the linebackers. So now I'm going to call the whole defense after Bob Sala went and had a great day uh, winning his first game as a head coach with the Jets. Uh, I think, you know, D'Amico Ryan's feeling the pressure. Uh, but I think a lot of this is, goes down to Shanny and Lynch and their evaluation of talent and what they're doing to put the best players out there, they're really not, and they're not game planning the best they can either. 
uh, especially Shani, of course, in that sense. So we will see Stefan Gilmore was available for a moment. Uh, New England got rid of him, but uh, he's a Carolina Panther now, a former South Carolina player, of course, so not too far away. And then uh, Jalen Smith has been cut because Dallas didn't want to pay him injury bonuses. So who knew that Jerry Jones was being could be frugal? Um, they said it was a performance thing, but I think when you owe a player $16 million due to injury, uh, if he got injured, that that's a way to go and hedge against that. Um, so the Niners need to start putting that into a lot of their contracts so then they could cut these people uh, and actually get guys that can actually stay on the field. But Arizona is going to be a tough out. Uh, this week, the only undefeated team left in the league, Kyler Murray and company there. Uh, in regards to the uh, Fall Brawl League, it's been uh, recent weeks have been good for me. I've won two consecutive uh, high point weeks. Uh, Vic was the lucky loser last week, uh, losing to me. He had to beat every other team in the league. So that's pretty brutal. Same way as Joe uh, week, week one. Uh, outside of losing to Vic, he'd have beaten every team outside of Wilson. Um, Josh won week two overall. Right now, in regards to the uh, fantasy records, I just have to go and switch over. Thing for that right there. Yeah, thing for that, but. Regards to the fall, bro, losing games is at least Vervin Meyer's problems. Matt, Fe- wow, really? Alex Rodriguez after Matt. Are you serious? Matt Faskersian is leaving uh, from other roles. Took uh, serves the Angels play by play man. He's a studio. Alex Rodriguez is country, but to continue, could consider to. They're going to call. Michael K, really? Wow. Matt Vaskurgeon's leaving ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. That is something. Uh-huh. That, that is something. I like Matt Vaskurgeon. He gets Howard Stern references into, into baseball games, and he uses a soundboard like Fred. So um, in the um, – in the uh, – Fantasy football fall brawl league right now. Have to bring it up. Yes, we're doing zero one IR spots. I can't use him there because it says he's questionable. Uh, you, uh, Josh, actually used uh, some of your waiver budget. Yep, to, I had to get to go and Damian get Damian Williams playoff yeah, Damian. Well, Playoff Damian Williams, uh, great move there. I tried to get him, didn't have enough. I didn't have enough budget, or I didn't put in enough budget on that. Um, Trey Lance 
was uh, picked up by uh, Wilson uh, for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't even remember if I put in for any of these guys. Um, FAB offers, yeah. So I didn't put in on Damian Williams in this league. I did in other leagues. Um, it was, uh, yeah, you actually put money in, so you beat Vic on that one. And then uh, Trey Lance was bought by 7 bucks over, uh, you know, uh, Wilson got him over Luke. So that was that. So I didn't even make moves in my league because I didn't know what to do. So that's probably not a great thing. Uh, right now, the battle, the overall says the matchup with uh, projections says that you have a five point or four and a half point um, edge in uh, this week. We're second and third in the league. And right now, uh, the first place team is Wilson uh, with. Uh, he has 836 points. Right now, I have more points than him. So I would win the high points. But we will see how that goes. Um, Josh, take took your you only took your first loss of the year this past week. But you're third. Uh, Vic is fourth. Uh, Joe, the defending champion, is fifth. And uh, Manny is sixth. Nikki is seventh. Uh, six teams make the playoffs right now. Um, Professor J is tailback, but he's still in this. He's still trying to make moves, make things happen. It's a weird league for me because considering Vic's already made 33 moves, uh, Wilson's made 15, Manny's made 13. There's other guys that made a lot of moves. I've only got nine. Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, I think I've made my moves count. I think that's really what it is. Um, let us know, Josh, on your end, before I go into mine, um, how fantasy is looking for you. Um, you've already kind of let us know what you think about the matchup that we're going to have this week, but we'll get more into that next week. No, yeah, I mean, the matchup, it's it's going to be pretty tight, I think, with this one. I mean, I'm projected to win by a couple points over you, but, you know, how projections go, they – they say you're going to do good, but then um, Sunday comes around and it doesn't tur uh, turn out that way sometimes. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You got Mar Jackson, Devontae Adams, Mike Williams. Well, this is week four now. Yeah, I'm, yeah, Lamar Jackson starting Devontae Adams as always um, should be a good matchup against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's pretty competitive. Uh, Devontae uh, or Debo Samuel, I've uh, had him on the bench on two weeks that he scored really good. So I've missed opportunities to have high output games. And that was the difference between uh, losing and winning the game that I had with, uh, with Wilson there. Cause if I had started him instead of uh, instead of Mike Williams would have won that matchup and been four and oh in this and been on top of everybody. So uh, I'm kind of mad at myself for that. That's why maybe that's why I trash. I got to get that anger out or, you know, from, you know, this uh, loss and everything, but you know, it's just, it's just how it is sometimes. Cause like I tried my strategy is like go based on best projection according to matchup. And I thought that Mike Williams would have a better matchup 
against the Raiders than he did or with in Debo Samuel did against the Seahawks, but didn't turn out the way Justin Herbert kept throwing it to um, uh, kept throwing it to Keenan Allen all night and threw in the tight ends and running backs. And they only had one pass uh, or two passes. One of them was caught by Mike Williams. The other one was incomplete. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And starting, yeah, starting um, Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs uh, have him in lineup right now. Might make a change. He's questionable. Mike Will- or Mike Evans uh, starting him uh, again. Kirk Cousins. Uh, then on defense, uh, Derwin James, uh, Daniel Hunter or Daniel Hunter, and then Isaiah Simmons. So should be an interesting matchup. Um, might have to make a change with the safety there. Defensive back go with somebody else that's more prone to making interceptions, but we'll see uh, how it goes. So uh, looking forward to the matchup. Hopefully I win, but you know, all, all respect to you, you know, you know what you're doing as well. So we'll see how it happens. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Uh, I mean, the fact that you've came into this league like a juggernaut, I mean, I wouldn't expect any different, you know, your shit, you, <laughs> you're sharp. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, you could do the shit in your sleep. Um, this is probably easy for you to do fantasy because this is like you're taking advantage of uh, taking advantage of the average minded because you're you're thinking like three to ten steps ahead of everybody else. Which the patience you've got the patience of uh, Mr. Miyagi when it comes to your team. You don't you don't make the moves. You don't use your budget. You go and kind of wait. And then you go and pounce. So it's the wax on, wax off method, which got you to the runner up spot last year in your um, debut season. So the reality is right now, this this league is tough. Um, I love it for all the years that I've had this league. Um, the belt is on the line now, the rings on the line. Um, I can actually send it to you because you don't have kids or you don't have animals that would destroy it if you won. So that is out there along with the cash, um, which you don't need. I do. Um, but um, maybe we could do a deal with that where you, I'll take the cash and you get the belt, um, <laughs> at least for the year. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that. We'll see what goes with that. But this matchup, I think, will be the first of a couple matchups we're going to have this year. Um, we're two of the best teams and we're going to be able to talk about this, whether our actual teams are competitive. I think these fantasy teams are going to be competitive the whole way. And, um, you know, with the way my team's looking, uh, I've got a loaded roster. I was trying to make moves to try to make my team better. And, um, unfortunately I wasn't able to make a, the moves that I wanted to as of yet. Uh, you know, having A.A. Ron uh, as my QB1 with Jalen Hurts as my QB2 is a good thing. Bye weeks helped me in that sense to only have to carry two quarterbacks, you know, barring injuries, of course, knock on wood. Um, Justin Jefferson and Keenan Allen are going to have a bye here in a couple of weeks. So I'm probably taking an L. Um, that week, I don't know who I'm playing in week seven, uh, week six, week seven, I'm playing Joe. So yeah, I would be taking an L if I don't 
I have three of my key players on buy. So that wouldn't work out so well. Uh, we have that, and then I'm putting that right there. And then I do that, and I do this. And then, what does that come out? Oh, oh, okay. I th it says that I, initially it said I was going to project to be lo a loss, but as of now, I mean, of course, Joe isn't adjusting for that. So I think I can make it through week seven. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I just went and did a Howard Stern on that. Um, we have a pretty good team here. Uh, considering where I started or where I with the draft in August, mid-August, and where I am now, pretty happy with that. I'm liking my position, and I'm hoping for better. And, um, yeah, I mean, Josh, tough opponent, was a tough opponent last year. One of my good buddies is my co-host. Um, he's got algorithms. He's got other things. He's probably got a secret machine, Makine, where he can go and put things together, come up with like things where he can pick up players. But um, the old brawn of loving football and watching and having a feeling will uh, has worked for many years for me. and. Um, it's what gets us over the hump and it's gotten us a bunch of wins. It's got me that trophy over there. If we had the video feed, we don't have that. Unlike uh, F the Grid Talk podcast, they have the video on YouTube. Go and listen to them. They're going to have shows about the Turkish Grand Prix this weekend too. Might be on those. Um, Josh is always invited on that um, if you had time. I think they're always looking for people, so we'll talk about that offline. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have a competitive run. Um, I'm doing all right in my other league um, for the uh, fantasy. I had a brutal week last week, but it's a part of what happens. Um, dropped myself down to seventh, but to be fair, you know, it's very close. I'm pretty good in points uh wise i've made a lot of moves uh basically I have the most moves or second most moves in that league a risky brisky 514 so giving a reference to my boy chase briscoe and um yeah so we have hope uh it's looking kind of brutal against a team a regular team that's been there but you know, I think it's early days, only four weeks in this season, 17-week season, but really it's 16 weeks. Um, only quarter way through, we have, uh, we're in we're in position. We have something to work with. It's better to be in that spot than to not have anything at all. And um, looking forward to um, circumstance situation and everything going on to go and um, come through and make things happen here uh, as the season goes on. The uh, We'll go to Josh's Sim segment. Let us know, buddy, uh, what's uh, going on with you on iRacing 
and uh, elsewhere in the sim world um, as we move towards the end of the year. I'm sure it's very busy in regards to big races. Yeah, of course, with sim racing stuff this week, uh, the Legends, or the 87 car in NASCAR was racing for their scheduled race at Daytona. Uh, I did a race on my own on Monday, tried to get in that one, which I did, qualified in the back, so next to last, and was able to get in uh, the race there. Uh, I had a chance to win, uh, but I needed better tires because uh, the leaders uh, took tires with about 20 to go, and then uh, I stayed out and didn't have enough grip uh, to sustain the speed and started to you know get really tight in the corners, and then it's a point where I kind of got a little too tight and then kind of lost it in the corner, but was able to uh, keep it straight and everything, but lost track of leaders and ended up uh, finishing in fifth place there. But uh, had a had a chance at the end though because uh, had good run on the outside line, uh, even but I just didn't have enough help. I didn't have any help really. I mean, even with the eighty seven series, uh, you still kind of hold the outside line um, in the corners as long as uh, you can you know side draft the other guys. But uh, just didn't have enough tire there at the end, uh, but it was a you know good learning experience and definitely was able to avoid all the wrecks at Daytona, and especially with uh, the 87 car is pretty hard to handle. And off of turn two and off of turn four, there's always the trouble spots at Daytona and and in, in the game, especially off of turn four is uh, you know where you start to lose the car and push uh, hit the outside wall and in or get loose there. So uh, try to probably record it on Twitch uh, sometime later this week and probably tomorrow night or maybe Friday or something like that. I've got time, um, might have plans this weekend. So might not be able to have a chance to get behind the wheel, uh, until Sunday night. Maybe we'll see what happens, but, uh, probably have to change the uh, Twitch password there. Cause, uh, Twitch got hacked today. So, you know, of course the other hacks that have happened this week, uh, with social media, but yeah, might, might have to do some adjustments to the account and everything, you know, get the security part of it squared away, uh, there. But, uh, I also did, I also did some Talladega racing with um, Xfinity on uh, what, Saturday night, I think Friday, uh, which was pretty good as well. Uh, had a chance there at the end too to, to win or at least finish in second and was basically pushing the guy in front of me uh, to the lead. And we were able to have good, good pace in the middle lane. So we were on the outside, but we we're in the middle lane at Talladega and turned out that that lane's pretty good. So I think, uh, Xfinity series, at least try to get into that lane, uh, later on and, or if they go back to Talladega and try to try to do that, cause it seems like bottom lane, people get stacked up top lane. Um, people get stacked or not stacked up, but not enough momentum to get up to there. But, you know, if you stay middle lane on the outside of the inside line, you know, you're pretty good. You're able to keep the speed up there and you might get past in turn three, but you're able to get it back by, by the time you get to the start finish line. So, uh, it seemed to be really good, especially if you got good pusher, good drafting there, uh, turns out to work really well. And we had a chance there coming off turn four, but the guy that I was pushing started to move to the left. I don't know if it was because of me, but started to steer to the left and then, uh, made contact. And then, uh, with the guys on the inside and then he kind of came back up towards the wall. And I tried to go on around him on the outside. Cause as, as soon as he started making move to the inside, I was like, okay, well he might wreck. I'm going to try to go around it. And then uh, he ended up coming back and then we hit the wall and then we crashed and everything. So came down to the turn four uh, crashing there, but 
uh, still, you know, had fun, had entertainment and, you know, was able to work with other people on online there. So always good to have uh, good teamwork and stuff with other people that, you know, you don't know uh, racing at Talladega. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Daytona might do some, um, iRacing might do some um, uh, Rov Roval as well. The, the Xfinity car, maybe even the uh, cup car uh, there. We'll see what happens, but uh, definitely always exciting. Yeah. And we'll have it on the Twitch stuff and uh, let you know when we try to stream, which, um, you know, you know, go ahead and say it and that it's at uh, twitch.tv slash you seller too. Go, go see it there. And I mean, you can see the Xfinity stream there that I had on uh, Saturday night and you can watch that and see I was able to work together with the other guy and uh, get up there to the lead and stay there up until the end of the race. So definitely entertaining. Yeah, definitely, man. We got to go and follow at you sailor too. It kind of leads into uh, where you can follow us uh, and see where we're at. Um, Josh's uh, Twitch stream. And he talks a good uh, commentary when he does go and give us that but even then very solid smooth quiet uh you know the uh sneaks up there uh you know lurks and does a job at the end david pearson type racer um versus you know the people that want to make the flash and pizzazz and use everything up and then probably destroy a lot of equipment like you know ty gibbs and um, whatever the hell the other guy is in K in the K and N, Arca, whatever series. Um, Corey Heim who runs over people. Uh, Josh is the opposite of that. Uh, keeps his equipment intact and waits for when it counts. Things happen, but the reality is it isn't because of Josh. Oh, you know, Josh will. Sometimes you got to go for it, though. Sometimes you got to go for it. He is. You are a Junebug fan, so. Earnhardt thing you got to use the bumper once in a while um Florida guy so that's probably part of what you have to do to drive too you have to use a bumper once in a while it's kind of allowed um based on what my cousin said because they both my cousins both lived in Florida while they went to school there for their masters so um they learned some um extreme driving techniques uh so um it makes me proud as somebody who's an aggressive driver, um, it also fits my checkered driving history too. But um, I'm just taking apexes. I'm 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 going with the speed. I'm letting the car. I'm letting the car flow into the corner. Um, idiot cops here in Edison don't, and in New Jersey state cops don't seem to understand that. Um, probably because they fuck their vacuum cleaners and um, their sisters our brothers so that's probably part of it too um we'll transition into that that's a way to transition we've had some crazy um segues but um go from inbreeding to um josh letting us know uh where we can follow you uh on socials you know um you sailor two on twitch for all the i racing um exploits but where else can we follow you you know facebook twitter i mean facebook's back alive um it's a good thing it wasn't around on um monday because could you imagine what would have happened 
with Bubba and uh, his win. But um, let us know where you can follow you. I mean, as always, uh, the Twitter is available at uh, at JP Huffine. Go in there. We'll talk about talk about all the racing stuff. Talk about football. Talk about you know, other stuff. And uh, I mean, I just talked about the on there uh, the Panthers signing Stephon Gilmore or trading for him. And they showed the clip from when he blocked the Blake Bortles pass at E.D. Westbrook in the AFC Championship game. And it was saying, like, football for me hadn't been the same since then uh, for the most part. And maybe maybe could be better pastures here in the future. But, I mean, that was as close as we got into uh, tasting the Super Bowl. And maybe in the f- near future that will happen. Whether or not that's with Urban Meyer, that we will find out. But uh, I mean, definitely will be with uh, Trevor Lawrence if it does happen. So uh, as long as they keep him healthy and take care of him, right, and all that stuff, and give him uh, or make him happy and all that, so that that should be interesting. But you know, we'll be on there talking about all the racing stuff, talking about whatever on on that Twitter. So go in there, follow, and and um, you know, tag me, whatever, if you want to discuss, or we'll just go back and forth with each other and uh, talk about uh, whatever you know we're talking about. And you can you can follow me at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. You can follow the Grip Strip Podcast at Grip Strip Pod on Twitter. Our show is on Podbean. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Um, but bringing this up, I'm forgetting. Well, wow, send us trending. That's something. I have to go and bring that up. Um, send us Silverstone. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah. you can follow the Grifter podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, there's other places. I haven't posted those up yet. But the fact of the matter is we're all basically, if you want to find a podcast, you can find the Grifter podcast. It's anywhere. Uh, we distribution is there. We're trying to figure out, you know, extending and expanding, figuring out other things to make the show better going into 2022. Still got a month or so. I mean, a couple months really of formula one, um, month with NASCAR, a couple months of formula one, uh, football's going on till, uh, mid February. So we'll, we'll be around. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for supporting us. Um, take care of one another. Be safe. Um, use common sense. It's not that hard. Uh, if you care about your fellow person, fellow you know, citizen, um, just, just be smart and do your thing. Um, you know, the world... The way things are right now is pretty bad. It doesn't have to be, but um, we'll um, get there uh, with COVID and all these other things. Hopefully, we'll be able to get back to a semblance of normalcy here sooner rather than later. Um, But I'll take all our efforts. So we thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us here on the Gripster Podcast. Uh, We will see you next week with the Recap of the Roval, uh, Turkish Grand Prix, recap, uh, motorcycle racing, uh, World Superbike recap, 
and IMSA and whatever else is going on, football. And um, we'll see you next week. Take